You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. In this multidimensional world, much of which is invisible to the eye, a group of non-physical entities have come here to expand our knowledge of how the universe works. These non-physical teachers are called Joshua, and they convey their teachings through Gary Temple Bodley. Each week, Gary, with a selection of Law of Attraction experts, open up a roundtable of thought-provoking discussions surrounding the teachings of Joshua. Joshua's intention is to bring clarity to the listeners through the ever-expanding law of attraction by looking at reality from a new perspective. Welcome to the teachings of Joshua Roundtable. Hello, everyone. This is episode 28 of the teachings of Joshua Roundtable. I'm your host, Gary Temple Bodley. Today is April 23rd, 2016. Today we're going to talk about coming out of the closet. Those of us who are leading-edge thinkers tend to keep quiet about the law of attraction and the other universal laws we know about. Quite frankly, we're afraid what others will think. Well, that's just fear, and today we're going to get over it. Our question this week comes from Amy. She wants to know if it's better to state our goals publicly, or should we keep them to ourselves? Let's see what Joshua thinks about that one. On the round table today, we have Janine Kudakovich. Hi, Janine. Hi, Gary. And Michael Kudzen. Hi, Michael. Hey, Gary. Steve wanted to be with us today, but he's exploring Italy with his daughter, Sienna. Uh, Steve Fenizza, he's Italian. This is the first time that he's ever been back to Italy. And uh, he tried to phone from his hotel room, but they had a terrible internet connection. So we're going to just do this on our own. And Steve will be at a new hotel next uh, Saturday, so maybe he'll be with us then. Janine, are you? When are you leaving? I am leaving Wednesday this week. So just you're going a to South Africa. Yes. Wow, that's going to be fantastic. Oh, okay. that's great. Enjoy your trip. Thank you so much. We're really looking forward to it. That's going to be a lot of fun. That's where I was born. I know. Flying so to lucky. Johannesburg, where I lived there for two years, and then. When we, I was 10, we went back to live there for a year. All my family's there, my aunts and uncles and cousins and uh, um, all those people, grandparents, were there. Um, so you're going to fly in, and you'll probably go somewhere around Santon. And there's a big mall that's like the nicest area of Johannesburg and Santon City. And that mall was being built right across the street from where we lived, when I was there in 1972, and it's just a huge, unbelievably big mall. Wow. Malls in oh, South Africa are fantastic because there's not a lot of little shops. They all People like to go into malls, and these malls are gigantic. Oh, that's great. I can't wait. I'll, I'll check that out. You know, you probably have a very different experience going since you have family there, which is, you know, the yeah. best way to see any country as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Depends yeah. upon the family. Depends on the family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, that's true, Michael. Oh, it is. You get to meet <laughs> Their friends, you know, and locals who live there, and you get to know the best restaurants and where they all hang out and, and what they do. Um, but they tend to do touristy stuff when you're there anyway, so they get to go out and see see uh, the sights. That's <clears throat> I know you, when we went, we went um, with my brother and his two daughters and Lily and his wife, uh, my brother's wife, McKaylin, and we rented a um, big VW bus and did what's called the garden route, which is from Port Elizabeth to Cape Town. And we took four days to do it, not planning anything, not knowing where we're going to stay, and just showed up to a town and found a hotel and hung out and did whatever. And we had the best time in the world. How fun. That's the best way to go. Yep. 
Um, okay, well, let's get this started by going to talk about the quote. Janine, do you have that? I do. Your body is a marvel to behold and responds to your appreciation. It also responds to your doubts, fears, and insecurities. Joshua. Uh, if you guys can see this picture that uh, Deborah Joe made, it's these uh, man and woman looking like they're flying over a cliff, but they're holding onto a rope. And it sort of looks like me and Lily, that picture there. <laughs> it does. <laughs> well, I've never met Lily. It doesn't quite look like you. <laughs> It, well, does, it does. Look like, it does look like it does look like in his perception it does. So I agree. Yeah, that's me and my. <laughs> <laughs> it's very Cirque du Soleil-ish. Right. It is. It's a great photo and great color. It so totally to be free is. like that, huh? To let's see. We haven't talked uh, because last week we we played the um, cruise presentation. Did you guys listen to that? I, I did. I learned more about you than I ever knew before. Yeah, it's that. That was like a really good, cool presentation, and Janine was there when I did it. But I listened back to it for the first time, and um, it was it was pretty cool. One of the things we were talking about is a fear and irrational fear. You know, rational fear and irrational irrational fear. Rational fear is the fear that you know keeps you away from lions and off you know from jumping off cliffs. And irrational fear is speaking in public or asking someone else on a date, you know, those kind of fears that aren't going to kill you. It doesn't, you know, you have this survival instinct and that instinct puts fear in you, but we also have fear in situations that aren't life-threatening. So those are what Joshua calls irrational fears. And as I was talking to the group, it was this big room, glass enclosed. And so you know, we had our group of uh, law of attraction people, and walking by was all the rest of the cruise ship. So people were, were ambling by and looking in as we were giving our presentations. And I was like, you know, I don't really have a fear of speaking in public, um, but I would have a fear of speaking this material if it wasn't you guys. If it wasn't people like-minded, it would be very scary to do it. Um, and so I was like constantly pointing to the people outside, like, I wouldn't want to talk to those people <laughs> about this. You know? That's right. <laughs> yeah. But Gary, uh, I'll tell you, I was one of the, I was in the audience in, uh, for, for both of uh, your presentations. And I will say that you did an amazing job. And I agree with Michael. I learned even more about you. And during that time we were on the cruise, so many people came up to me and they weren't, they weren't exposed to you before, or perhaps hadn't read your book. And they're like, wow, I really like it. Like they were almost intrigued. So they mm-hmm. now wanted to learn more about this whole Joshua and, and start reading your books. And I just had um, Kim <laughs> called me and she's like, like um, she's reading a radical change right now. She called me during the week and she's like, I read a little bit every day. Some days I plow through it. Some days I need to like really sit with the information. So, you know, there's a lot of people out there that you, um, you created, like you stirred their interest. Well, that's really true too, because of that group, it was mostly general people. So some of them came like Kim did. Kim was one of the people on the cruise that we met and she came because Pam Grout was there. And Pam Grout's, you know, uh, books are sort of like the starter kit for Law of Attraction. And, you know, other people were talking about motivation and stuff like that. Um, 
But so we were actually cutting edge for Joshua people on that group, and they accepted it pretty easily. So yes. who's to say what people will accept? You know, and, and I sort of think that the sphere of talking to people about law of attraction or Joshua is really irrational because you know you sort of have to trust the law of attraction. If you're talking about it and they're listening to you, if somehow it comes up. Just like you and me, Janine, when we first met, we went right into that conversation. We did, and it was so natural and easy. So natural, and we had no idea we had similar beliefs. That's, yeah, that's that's very true. You know, I guess this is this long line of you know people who believe the world was round um, were cons- you know, considered crazy, and so well, worse I, than that, they were heretics. Heretics, right? They were heretics. They were subject to being burned at the stake. Well, especially when you said so, so, that, that, so, so that's a rational fear in that case. In their case, it was rational, right? Yeah. that's what I was thinking the other day. Is is right now? It's it's completely irrational. But maybe years ago it was rational. Sure. I mean, we can't really lose our jobs or or be disgraced in any way. Uh, it shows you how much society has come along. Is where pretty much any belief uh, is 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 tolerated now, which is good. Um. So anyway, that's sort of what I want to talk about. You, um, have you guys listened to much of Channeling Eric? I, I have listened. As of late, I've listened to more than I um, – uh, several more. So Yeah. So I listened to one where um, Eric's mother was talking about, you know, when she meets people and they ask her, well, what do you do? And she's like, well, you know, how do I start that conversation? <laughs> My son committed suicide, and now I spend my days talking to him with a channel. And this is sort of the thing for me, too. Well, it was new for me to figure out that she had several – I thought just her daughter did the channeling, but in fact, she has other people channel as well. Um, Yeah. That's what I've been watching, all different ones lately. A whole bunch of different channels, right? Yeah. Interesting. Well, I thought – I didn't realize. Is is the primary one her daughter? No, I didn't think her daughter was – was, I thought she was a psychic medium. Yeah, I thought they were psychics, the channelers. Mm, she called her mom. I don't know. Jamie. Are you, are you, oh, no, 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 but Jamie, Jamie is channeling Eric. Eric, and Eric's calling her mom. Right. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So I didn't right, okay. That. Right, right. Um, but uh, uh, anyway, so she was saying the same thing as what we're thinking, too. So I think that, and then, and then Eric said to her, well, you, you have nothing to worry about because the people that you're going to, meet and talk to about this are either going to be interested or not even hear you and it's never they're not going to think anything bad about you it's because they're on such a different vibration they're either on the same vibration and you connect or they're on a different vibration and they don't even understand it right um, i've been giving out a few books to people that you know at the poker and it's it's interesting how some will um, just say they, and Lily gets them out of the store all the time. And some will come and say, this is such an awesome book and it's so cool and I read it all the time. And they don't even understand the channeling part of it. They're like, who's Joshua again? And you know, they don't get that part at all. Um, and then some will understand that part and then some will not even talk about it anymore because it's like too much for them. But whatever it is, it is. And we don't have to worry about it. But having you noticed from your own experience, I know I've picked up, I felt um, compelled to pick up a book. 
to buy it or I see it or I keep seeing it and then I finally give in, I get it or it's passed on to me. Right. I might open it up and I may not, I, I, I'll start reading it and it might not resonate with me or might not quite get it. And then all of a sudden, like months later, and right. it even could be a year later, I pick it up and it's all like, wow, why didn't I leave, read this sooner? Well, probably because I wasn't ready sooner. Because but your vibration I'm, was at a different place before and now your vibration is raised where you can understand it. And that's exactly what happened to Lily and I. When we got done with the secret, we were looking for something else to put in the car and play. And we had Ask and it is Given by Abraham Hicks. But that was in our library. And we had listened to it before, but it had never clicked before. But this time, it totally clicked. And from that uh, listening to it, we booked our first seminar in Asheville and then many seminars after that, and everything changed from that. I mean, everything changed from that. Our life is completely different after that, after really after the secret. Deborah Joe gave us the secret, and then Asin's given, and then Abraham, and then from Abraham, all of Joshua's happened. Yes, that's very great. interesting. Yeah. So, oh, so yeah, speaking of channeling, have you been channeling? Uh, have you been channeling Joshua? Ver you know, verbally. Have you done it again? Or yeah, we did it. Um, Steve left on Wednesday, so the last time we did it was um, a week before Wednesday, and that was another hour. Just me and Steve. We didn't need Jules. Jules had been um, setting it up with hip with some mild hypnotism and the last time we didn't need it at all. And it was so easy and flowing and worked really well. And I, I think it was great. So uh, we had asked a bunch of questions from people who sent them in and, and those people got video answers. So oh, that wow. That's awesome. That yeah. is great. Yeah. That's cool. So uh, we, we'll keep you know, doing that. We, we, Janine, we have to hypnotize Gary. We've got to do a, we have to do a broadcast. Yeah, well, I don't need to be hypnotized we... anymore. So that was a cool thing. So now I can just... Oh, really? Yeah. What I did was I meditated um, for about a half an hour before, and then we did it on Skype, and it was just me and Steve. Um, no one, there was no one else in the house, and no one else on Steve's side. And um, I thought to myself the same procedure that Jules did, which is imagining a golden light coming down to the top of your head and starting slowly going through your whole body and relaxing, relaxing, relaxing. And then what I have to do is just get out of the way. With typing, it's the same sort of thing, except I can do it really quickly. I get out of the way in a second. And with speaking, it just takes about a minute or so to do it. If you ever saw... Um, um, Esther doing Abraham, she'll get up at the podium and she'll nod and close her eyes and breathe deeply and takes her about a minute also and then she's right into Abraham. So it's very similar to that. Well, that's all very exciting. Yeah, and really. Joshua just started a new book. Did they? Yes. Wow, and that's exciting too. Last Monday, or maybe last Saturday or something, a couple weeks ago. And it's the Joshua diet. <laughs> I like the name. <laughs> it's it's amazing. So it's oh, an, I, I could use that. <laughs> five chapters in. Oh, I think that yeah, so many people can. I can. I'm going to use it. It's going to work for me. And what it is, I can't really explain it too well now. But it really has to do with 
how your mind perceives impulses from your body compared to how thoughts are attracted based on your emotional state of being and then your focus of attention on this desire that you want to achieve and all these and the, and you're also your whole emotional state of being too is really important in this so so you what happens is normally is you go on a diet and you try and use willpower to stop from eating certain foods, but your body gives you these impulses, and these impulses were designed as part of survival instinct. So if you're hungry, you get this unpleasant feeling, which is hunger. And as soon as you eat, doesn't matter what you eat, but if you, as soon as you eat, that hunger goes away. So you have to take some action. The body's giving you a indication that you need to take some action. Once you take that action, then the you know the feeling that's unpleasant goes away and you feel relief same as if you're thirsty you drink something and that unpleasant thirsty feeling goes away if you eat too much for instance you get another signal from your body saying that now you're full that's an unpleasant feeling if you eat more you'll have a worse unpleasant feeling so eating less relieves that feeling um, relieving yourself all these things that or natural cues. Now, also what happens is that when you have a negative emotion, you get thoughts to relieve that negative emotion. If you're angry, you might have a thought to punch somebody, right? These thoughts come in there to relieve that feeling. It's just like the bad feeling of hunger or the unpleasant mm -hmm. feeling of hunger, the unpleasant negative emotion. Now, what people used to do in the old days is they would either drink or smoke or get into fights but food wasn't that available. Now food's super available, so you could be just a little bored or just a little annoyed or just a little teeny bit frustrated. And to soothe yourself, you go and you have a snack, right? You get a piece of cake or something, or you get something, coffee or whatever, <clears throat> um, or even a glass of wine or a drink, or smoke, you know? That's is why smokers gain weight when they stop smoking is because instead of reaching for that soothing thing of the cigarette, they'll reach for some food. Right. Well, um, it's the intent to put something in the mouth. Yeah. So it's, it's this, um, this way of soothing yourself that's outside your body um, that you're used to doing. But what Joshua is saying is you need to start soothing yourself internally by using tools to get back into feeling good and, and get out of this uh, negative emotion that you're in right now. And it's a lot more to it. It's very interesting how this all is working out. It's just five chapters in, um, but there's going to be a website and, and daily affirmations and things that you do every day on the website and coaches and stuff like that too. So I think it's going to be a pretty big thing. It seems really interesting right now. It sounds that way, and I bet you're interested when you read it back. <laughs> yeah, because I can't oh, wait sure. to do it. Yeah, I can sort of – my perspective is changing on this whole subject right now because I was one of those willpower guys that I would just try and not you know, eat. Like I do two protein shakes a day, so I don't eat breakfast or lunch. Um, and then I still – you know, I can keep maintaining my weight, but I can't seem to lose any weight because I'll still find myself going for a snack in the afternoon – and have these cravings for things that are like last night I made this huge steak for us, even though we didn't have potatoes, which was good. But 
stuff like that. Or, or I'll still have this craving for dessert afterwards, you know? Um, so it's, I can't wait to see how this all turns out, but it's fun doing it right now. We'll all look forward to that. Yeah. Yeah, really. I can't wait to read it. <laughs> cool. And, and better, and better yet to you <laughs> use it personally. I can't wait to use it personally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're going to do this I Joshua could... Cruz in February and I want to be, uh, lean by then and if that's your intention so it shall be well we'll I see we'll see how it all works yeah, yeah. i think that uh, I, I know my perspective yeah. changed after the new year and i can't explain it it's just something clicked and i almost feel compelled and driven to walk twice a day or bike ride or go in the pool mm -hmm. and it's almost like and I, I could totally relate to what you were just saying. So I'm excited to hear the information that Joshua is going to share on this. It's almost like you're feeding yourself in another way. And it has to start from the inside out. And until you actually experience it, I don't know that you can explain it properly. So I'll look forward to reading the book. Yeah, I, I can't explain it properly. You've got to read the book. And what I'll do is while I'm writing it, I'll send you guys updates so you can read along as it gets typed out. Oh, this is all so exciting, yeah, Gary. Really? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so um, let's go into Amy's question. And this question is about when you set a goal, it's about a bunch of things, but when you set a, one of the question, one of the parts of this one is when you set a goal, do you state your goal to everyone or do you keep it to yourself and which makes more sense vibrationally? And I've always, I've always heard that you're supposed to tell everyone your goal because then you have some accountability, right? People know what you're doing, but it's, I've never wanted to do that. And I always thought that was self-defeating. So we'll see what Josh, what do you guys think about that? Yeah, I always have too. And in you've what? You've, I, you've, I've, I've agreed with you. I've always felt that if you tell people about it, you know, in some way you take some of the energy out of it. And also if it's something that you're concerned that people are going to laugh at you about. Right. Right. That, uh, you know, that if anything, they'll be discouraging of your goals. Yeah. As opposed to just keeping, uh, you know, as opposed to just keeping it private and just, you know, quietly going about it. Yeah. So in the past, I used to share my goals and not so much anymore. I, I just do it in my own quiet way. I just find that's way more successful for me. Mm -hmm. I don't need I don't I don't need to be under anyone's, um, you know, microscope. I don't need to be under their thumb, under their eye. Um at all and because it's i'm doing the work internally and and if i'm committed to that and i know i'm doing it that's all that really matters so that sort of talks about the difference between motivation and inspiration inspiration is on the inside and motivation is on the outside so when you tell people this is what i'm going to do you're trying to motivate yourself by you by because you you don't want people to think that you can't do your goal so you say it out loud and then you sort of hold yourself because you care what they think and that's like a motivational thing which i think motivation is coming from the you know wrong direction in this case um and inspiration is where it's all coming inspired from within Mm -hmm. And, you know, that goes also to the fact that, like, I know I'm not defined by things. Um, and, and as I'm, you know, going along my journey here, I realize that even more. So um, although I have a fine appreciation for nice things in life, I'm certainly not defined by my house, by my car, by anything else. I realize that it all comes from within. Right. And um, while you can still have an appreciation for those things, which I get, and everybody has their own little passions and interests and and 
the things they love in life. That's all great. But um, I'm, I just don't allow myself to be defined by any of them. And Yeah, um, that's an interesting point, too, because so when you have this goal or this burning desire to do something and you focus on it with intensity, nothing's going to get in your way. Sort of, it's sort of like Sylvester Stallone in doing Rocky. He was so focused on getting the screenplay done, and the Rocky character was so focused on being somebody and you know getting into this good fight that they did whatever it took to get there. But for me, there's nothing really that's that important. So let's just say that I have this goal to lose 20 pounds. I still really enjoy a glass of wine. Now, am I going to sacrifice the wine so that I lose the weight? Or is the weight not that big of a deal and I really like the wine? You know, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But if it was to like, you lose 20 pounds in six months or we're going to chop your head off, well, then I could probably figure out a way to do that because it would be really important to me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but wait also, a minute, it depends I, I on the kind agree. of wine. I, I was going to say, I think you can still have the wine and then just do a trade-off and maybe do an extra, you know, an extra exercise that day. Yeah. Yeah. There's ways. There's ways. There's ways to do it. All right. We're going to figure this out. So, Janine, would you like to read for Amy? Sure. Dear Joshua, when I look back on my life, I now realize that back in my teens and early 20s, I was getting basically whatever I wanted because I created it due to the law of attraction. At the time... I had no clue that was what was happening. I do remember taking things for granted and having the attitude I could get, achieve whatever I wanted. Then as I got older, I think my head got in the way. So I got into a holding pattern and I just shut down certain aspects of myself. Okay, so I can see that. Um, I was super ambitious and full of confidence when I was in my 20s and really achieved a lot of things and never thought I couldn't do anything. Um, and I realize now, looking back, that the law of attraction was was uh, um, really pulling it all together for me. It was really easy to see. Um, when I met my first wife, we were I was, I was out with two friends, two girls, and we're dancing at this club and one of the girls keeps bumping into this other girl and they almost sort of got in a fight so I go in to smooth it down meet this other girl and that was Belinda who was going to be my first wife so we exchanged numbers turns out she's living with her boyfriend they had moved down here from New York they're living together and it didn't stop me for some weird reason I was like this is my thing I'm going to make this happen and so I wooed her and sent her flowers and notes and showed up and took her lunch and stuff like that. And eventually she broke up with him, started dating with me. We got married and it was all a nightmare after that. (laughs) You gotta be careful what you ask for. (laughs) So, but back then, boy, I never, anything I thought I could get, I got, you know, I really went for it. Um, Okay. So let's go to the next part. Shortly after the secret came out and was featured on Oprah, I picked up the I'm sorry, I picked up the book and tried to read it. It made no sense to me, and I thought it was a bunch of baloney. Fast forward to 2015. I've been exposed to Abraham and more spiritual law attraction stuff. At the end of December of 2015, 
I decided that I really needed to get some goals for 2016. I told myself I needed to reread one of the Law of Attraction books featuring Abraham to help me with my thoughts. I hadn't pulled the book off the shelf yet. Then, just two weeks ago, while I was at work on a Sunday evening, by a total fluke, I discovered the Law of Attraction uh, Law of Attraction Radio Network. I never knew that that station or you existed. Obviously, the universe led me to you. Since finding the LOA radio station just a couple of weeks ago, I've been listening to most of the programs on the station and getting so much information and different perspectives on spirituality and laws of attraction. I feel like an onion being peeled, and I keep going through aha moments of understanding. I love it. By the way, Amy, surprise your questions on the Law of Attraction Radio Network. <laughs> there you go. There you go. But yeah, dot, that's dot, that's dot. how it works. You get um, you birth a desire, and then you get led by these little steps to where you're going. It's pretty interesting here, too. I mean, imagine that, thinking that I need to uh, get more into Law of Attraction, going to pull down a book, and then by a fluke found, found us. So she had, by the request, she had been able to raise her vibration enough, or the, just the request itself raised her vibration, opened her, you know, um, pathways of discovery, and then she found us. And Pretty I cool. truly believe, I know personally, I'm sure you both have, and as well as our listeners, that happens all the time. When your all vibration, yeah, when your vibration is raised, you are led to all new paths, and, and things just present themselves in front of you. Right. It's like they're right there, clear to see. Oh, no question about that. Which you had, you had, you would not have been able to recognize it before either. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Okay, so I'll go on. Now that I totally understand that I'm in the driver's seat of my life, it's a very empowering feeling and actually quite freeing. I still have to work on letting go of fear. I know once I let go of that, the feeling will be exhilarating. What I want to. Pr- what I want to practice LOA on is a different job. My problem is I don't know for sure what I want to do. I feel like I'm scattered all over the place with ideas. I know what I don't want in a job, but I know I shouldn't focus on that because that's what I'll get. I've been working on switching my thoughts to, to the opposite of what I don't want. For example, if there's something at my current job that I don't like, I'll imagine being at a new job where it's just the opposite and how I'll be feeling being in that new job. That's good. Okay. Yeah. Since since I'm scattered all over the place about what I want to do, I've put that out there that I would love to be exposed to something and be able to say, that's it. That's what I want to do and be able to go forward from there. Is that okay that I ask to be shown what I want since I don't know where to focus Besides, I want a different job. I have signed up for some workshops through our local community college to expose myself to some new things, floral bouquet design, acupressure, respite care, stained glass windows design, et cetera. So that's, ex- that's absolutely the way to do it. If you don't know what you want, then your desire or your request or your intention is to be led towards that which you want. And those are quite different interests yeah, that she has. They're right. very varied. 
And what you really yes, want to do is follow from your From floral bouquet to respite care? My God, yes. And, and stained glass window design. <laughs> mm-hmm. And acupressure. Yeah. Yeah. That's like four different, completely different things. Well, but... you've, you've basically got an artistic bent, and you've also got a care bent. Right, right. I see that In- intertwined. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're right. They're, That's you've got you've got two relationships here. One where she wants, you know, she really has this artistic element to her that she wants to explore, and there's also the healer in her that she yeah. wants to look into. So what Joshua will say is just follow your interests, and one interest will lead to another interest that will lead to another interest, and then what you want or what you're your passion will show up as a result of that. So perfectly acceptable to ask, you know, to be shown signs of what you like and be open to that. Okay. We'll ask paragraph. I'm also curious about the aspect of speaking our intentions. I'm a very private person and I don't tell people what I'm doing in my life yet. What a lot of what I've learned on the different programs on the LOA network is we should speak our intentions goals. What about someone like me who doesn't like to share a whole lot of my life with others? Would keeping a journal be a better route for someone like me? Thanks so much for your guidance, Amy. Yeah. So I think that in law of attraction circles, speaking it is powerful, but I don't know if you have to speak it in front of people. I think just speaking speaking it to yourself is fine. Absolutely. I totally agree. That's right. But, but speaking is powerful. It yeah. is. It's, and, and also writing in your hand. Joshua always asks people to write down things in their own hand rather than typing them. There's some power in that as well. He hasn't seen my handwriting. <laughs> or mine. I cannot do it. You know, for, for years and years and years, I, can't, I, I, I journal, especially after meditation, sometimes just whatever thoughts come to me. But lately, I'm getting messages so many times a day that I find I'm just constantly picking up my phone because I can't keep up freehand. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's interesting to me, Gary, that, um, and that, you know, Joshua is saying to write by hand. And I, I, I do get that because especially when I come out of a meditation, um, if I don't write it down that minute, I may not remember it is the problem. Um, so then now, now I'm just receiving messages. It could be in the morning, afternoon or night, and I might not have a journal next to me. I just right. grab out my phone and go to notes and I, any information received, I just, type it in there yeah but, and that's um, what i do too i mean i type all joshua stuff um when joshua says write it by hand he's they're talking about um like a goal or an, uh, um, yes or, or maybe a mm-hmm. um what's the um affirmation, affirmations or um uh, like a appreciation journal of appreciation those oh, like a gratitude journal gratitude that's a good, yeah that's yeah. a great idea actually my gratitude journal is all handwritten so yeah. oh, good i'm glad you clarified yeah, that that's wonderful power in that sort of thing that bringing it out of yourself and seeing it on paper in your own handwriting it reinforces it, it makes it more powerful and then me right. i'm like i'm sure the ladies out there can can relate to this but i don't know somehow some way when i'm writing by hand in a journal all of a sudden and i used to i used to draw a little bit um but i all of a sudden hearts will be there and i'll draw little i don't know suns and stars and like i'm i'm doing it in my hand and all these pretty things will come at the end so Interesting, yeah yeah okay uh, michael would you read joshua's answer to amy of course you've got it Dear Amy, it might be best to see life as a process. If you allow yourself to be open by embracing beliefs that are empowering, 
you will be led step by step to what you want. It will come in stages. You must be open to the process. Just as you had been exposed to the secret, then to Abraham, and then to us. That was a process. You came to hear about the secret at a time when you were not yet a vibrational match to the material, but the concept was interesting. This step, in which you remained open, led you to Abraham. That information was a vibrational match to you, and you understood much of it. The next step was to lead you to us, where you could have a personal conversation and ask questions. You were a vibrational match to us. Do you see how the system works? Okay, so you get led step by step to a certain vibration, which leaves you at the doorstep of your desire, no matter what it is. Um, right. Okay. Okay. You were and are a vibrational match to the job you have now. You now have, but the job has caused you to birth a new desire. When you first create a desire, you will notice the lack. You will focus on the things you do not like. This causes you to define your desires and helps you to bring what you, what you do prefer into focus. For a while, the feeling of lack or dislike of your current job will cause you to notice what you dislike in more obvious ways. It will become uncomfortable. You must resolve this in order to get what you do want. Okay, keep going. Okay. It is difficult to move from what you do not want straight to what you do want. There are steps to take. First, you establish what you do not like, which you have done, and then you establish what you prefer, which you have also done. However, in order to raise your vibration so that you become a match to what it is you ultimately want, you must learn to appreciate what you do like in the current situation and focus on that. It is difficult to see what you do not like in a job and imagine the opposite because you have little experience with the opposite. It is far more vibrationally beneficial to appreciate and focus on things you do like about your job and make more of that happen. Okay, so this is the dilemma that everyone has when they're creating anything, is that there's something they don't like, the conditions they don't like. And from that, they imagine something that would be what they do like. So you have two ends of a stick and you want to get to one end and away from the other end. But the other end is where all your focus is because you don't like it and that's where you are. And you just can't move away that way. You have to ease your way out of that. And the only way to do it or the most effective way to do it is by appreciating things in your job that you do like. And this sounds counterintuitive, right? You're That's supposed right. to focus on the things you hate <laughs> and <laughs> then launch yourself into oblivion and end up somewhere else where things are magically better. But if you haven't resolved what you don't like about your current situation, wherever you go, you're going to bring that with you. But nothing's going to change. It's going to be the same thing. It may look different for a little while, but eventually the same things you hated at your old job are the things you're going to hate at your new job. That's you have right. to... Um, you have to go through a vibrational change, and that vibrational change is easiest done when you really focus on the things you appreciate about your current situation, make yourself feel better about it, and then magically things will pop up that 
will lead you in the direction of what's wanted. But you right. can't get anywhere from hating where you are. It just doesn't work. Right. And I just, and I discovered that early in my career, you know, mm. where, you know, where there were times I was in positions that I really hated. And, you know, I, I wound, I remember thinking to myself, Oh, thank God. I'm, I got, you know, I got this new position, but then in the new position, something similar or some different, but related problem would arise. Mm -hmm. So all you did, all I wound up doing was attracting the same thing or something right. or something very similar. Right. Exactly. Okay. okay. All right. Instead of focusing on tasks or people you do not like, focus on the positive aspects of the job. See it from a higher perspective. Allow yourself the opportunity to lean into every situation with curiosity and adventure. Imagine if your current job was your dream job. This is difficult for people to do, by the way. When they ask Joshua a question, they just want some uh, advice like, yeah, go ahead and do something different. <laughs> <You know>? Right. <laughs> right. This is work. You've got to work on this. And nobody, you know, I mean, it's hard to do, especially when you really don't like something. Right. Yep. Well, and it's really critical to keep that vibration very high to get what you want. Absolutely. And to keep in a high emotional state of being because you, by, by being in a position where you are angry or frustrated or don't like something about it, you just set your vibration very low and you have access to thoughts that resonate with that low vibration. Right. And all you've done is exacerbate the, situa the negative situation anyway. Exactly. Oh, and I used an SAT word on that. I get bonus Exacerbate. points. Exacerbate. There we yes. go. <laughs> I, like I, I get bonus points today, folks. There you go. Okay. We'll award them to you. <laughs> okay. From your perspective, you have a hard time seeing what you want coming forth from your present condition. You are in a condition you don't like, and so you think if you remove yourself from that condition, the next condition will be better. Ooh, deja vu. I think I just said something like yeah. this. <laughs> The system just does not work this way. In order to get a better condition, you must accept the present condition as it is. You must not fight against what is by judging what is to be wrong. If you focus on something you see as wrong, you are appreciating what you do not like. Appreciation causes things to grow. Focus is appreciation in the eyes of the universe. You want to appreciate or focus on what you do like about your present condition, and the universe will cause those things to grow. So the universe is neutral, has no idea what's good or bad. There is no good or bad until your perception lands upon it. So uh, the only way the universe is going to assist you is by focus is by looking at what you're paying attention to or looking at what you're focusing on. And if you're focusing on something in a negative way, it's going to bring you more of that. And if you're focusing on, on a negative condition in a positive way, on the positive aspects of that thing you don't like, then the positive aspects grow bigger. So that's the only way you can do it, right? You have a choice. You can focus on the negative aspects of the thing you don't like, and those things grow bigger, or you focus on the positive aspects of the thing you don't like, and that gets better. You can focus on the positive aspects of something that, um, I'm sorry, you could do this. You could focus on the positive aspects of some future thing, um, as long as you weren't hating the present aspects of uh, or the present conditions. Do you get right. that? 
Right. Well, you know, it's sense. something I think it's something yeah, we've it discussed. We, it's something we've discussed in a prior roundtable. Mm -hmm. And it's that, you know, it, it's that subtlety. It's that dichotomy that we have to be very careful about where, you know, where when we're focusing on the positive, it can't be a hit. Yeah, you know, we can't game the system. We can't we can't look to that as saying, well, you know, I hate my boss's arrogant behavior. So my, you know, so what is it that I want to focus on? I want to focus on non-arrogance or I want to focus on humbleness. But if at the end of the day, the, if the underlying thought is that, is that hatred or that, that, you know, that underlying fear, concern, anger, avoidance, whatever of the arrogance, the universe understands that. There's, there's no sophistry that we can engage in. There's nothing that we can do there to try to play games with it. It's not a lawyer's game. Right. And God knows I know how to play lawyer's games, but you mm -hmm. can't play it with the universe. It may work in a court of law. It may work with your opposing counsel. It doesn't work in this case. Right, because the universe always knows the truth of what you're focused on. Right. Okay, so let's say you're focused on, you hate something about your boss. His, what was it, his arrogance? His arrogance. Okay, so... Um, you don't want to focus on the opposite of arrogance, which is being humble, because he's just not humble. But you, ha you want to focus on other aspects of him that he does possess, like maybe he's generous or maybe he's effective, you know, things like that. And you can get out of thinking you know, that being arrogant is a bad thing. By the way, you can also change your perspective on arrogance because you you're the one who thinks that arrogance is a bad thing, but maybe it's a good thing. And you can and and to believe that arrogance is a bad thing is limiting because it causes you emotional distress. So now you have to find proof that arrogance is not a bad thing, and you can do that by showing evidence of a lot of good people who, from time to time, are arrogant, or that you know certain uh, qualities of arrogance are favor favorable in certain conditions, things like that. Right. Um, for me, Gary, more times than not, I just allow someone to be who they are without, you know, I, I do, I told you, everybody knows this, I do pair, prayer of protections every single day. I just allow them to be who they are. And the best thing I can do for anyone is lead by example, is right. be that, that good person. Um, and not, not for any pats on the back. I'm not looking for any of that. Just, just to be an example of, of what should be rather than me um, have judgment on what they are. Right, and, and want to change them to right. make yourself feel better. That's not my purpose. So uh, here's a, another part of this is that a lot of people think uh, – a lot of people write in about um, being overweight. And they think that if they love their body as it is now, then they will always be overweight, right? It makes sense that you sort of think, okay, if you can just be happy with how your body is now, then your body's never going to change. But conversely, the opposite works. If you are completely accepting of your body now, then what you truly desire will come forward. It's only in the disliking your body as it is now that you hold on to this representation of it. And it's all, all your body is is a representation of your thoughts anyway. So that's another part. The people just don't want to, uh, they, they like looking at the negative aspect just because intuitively or or something about that seems to me that's the way to fix the problem 
it's a, but it's not. Well, if you ever go into deep meditations or work with any healers, they will scan you from the from the from your crown all the way down your body. And they're always envisioning like and telling you to envision yourself as, you know, just you know, it might be a ball of light that goes down and through you. They're mm -hmm. always telling you to give appreciation for all that is, for every cell is listening. Right. So sending love, it's sending love to yourself and to your own personal body. That's the first step. Mm -hmm. in, that's and first step. the weight will go away just on its own. You don't even have to think about it. Very good. Okay, next okay. paragraph. Okay. The next step is not to try to figure out how to do this yourself. Mm. If you can maintain your focus on things you already have, which you like, and accept everything else as it is, you will move into the state of allowing. It is from this state of allowing that the universe will move you step by step to that which you want. When you are in the state of allowing, seeing everything is right just as it is, you will be open to guidance from your inner self. Your inner self will inspire you to certain actions at the right time. Your inner self inspired you step by step, without you even realizing, to find us. This is how it works. So this is another big part of the Joshua Diet book, is that most people who go on diets think they're doing it on their own, and they're just, it's me against myself. Um, and anytime you want to do anything, you have to realize that your inner self is there with you, that you have guides and supporters in the non-physical, and that the whole power of the universe is there aligned with you towards what you want. You're not doing it on your own. You're always doing it with this whole cadre of support, this whole system of support that's everyone's birthright. And that's why everyone has the ability to do – hey, I'll read this quote. This is a quote that just came out today. Let me see if I can pull this up here. It's such a good one. Uh, let's see here. And while we're waiting, we can do the the Monty Python and the Holy Grail waiting theme. Okay, I'm ready. Here we go. If you can get yourself to believe that you create your own reality, that you have a vast inner support network to back you, that the universe yields to your desires, that the power of focus aligns all your support behind you with one mission in mind, you can absolutely be, have, and do anything you desire in this reality. It is the basic design of the system. Everyone has the power. Anyone can achieve their dreams. There is just one thing you have to remember in order to fully engage all this information. And this leads right into the next um, chapter. There's only, there is just one thing you have to remember in order to fully engage all of this information. You are worthy of every, anything you desire. So that was a pretty interesting quote. I, I love that. And Gary, you know, just back to what you said a little while ago, when we think it's only ourselves and mm -hmm. our willpower, okay, and when we, we don't realize that it's working together, right? That's when we, everything becomes counterproductive because then we have self-judgment. Then we're like, oh, I failed. I can't believe I don't have this willpower. And and you put yourself in a negative tailspin right. versus if you realize <laughs> that more is working on your side and hold that positive thought. I think, you know, cause I, I know from having like three kids and yo-yo dieting, I'm sure a lot of the women out there can relate. It, it has been tough, but when you have that understanding, you'll just see your body is going to start to transform and that's why we're really excited to see joshua's diet come yeah. out 
Me I too. hope it's finished fast. <laughs> yeah, me too. The other I, one's I, take... I picked up a couple of pounds recently. So, <laughs> okay, so uh, so you have a whole group of people behind you on anything you do. You just not people, but non-physical entities and the power of the universe. Okay, so let's go into the last paragraph here. Okay. Yes, it is good to ask for guidance to find that which will be of interest to you. An interest will lead to another interest, and on to yet another interest, until you find your passion. Follow your interests without judgment. Set your intentions without judgment. Do not tell anyone of your intentions because they are your intentions, and others need not be aware of them. Write your intentions if you are inspired to. Intend to find that which you are here to explore. Intend to live as the highest version of who you really are. Intend to feel good. Intend to focus only on that which you like. Intend to remove your attention from anything you don't like. Intend to gain clarity about that which you want. You may intend as often as you like. Don't set goals, for they intend to be measurable. No, they and, tend to be measurable. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> they don't intend anything, yes. Let's try that again. Don't set goals, for they tend to be measurable and therefore open to failure. Set intentions because they will always manifest at the right time as long as you allow them to. You are loved more than you can imagine. Joshua. So that's a whole different... Okay, first of all, don't tell your goals to anyone because um, nothing good can happen come from that, right? That's uh, right. Yeah, it just, it just lets doubt enter in there. Um, especially when people say, how's it going? How's it going with that thing you're doing? How's it going now? You know, and plus you sort of have this feeling that you should tell them the truth, which you should never do. <laughs> you know, you should never tell anyone the truth. You should only tell people what uh, your intentions are. And as far as you are concerned, everything's going great. Right. Um, so if they go, you know, your intention is to get a new job. How's the job hunt coming along? It's going great. It's fantastic. Oh, really? What's happening? Oh, we got a lot of things. A lot of things are coming together. I can see it happening right now. You're not supposed right. to say, oh, I haven't gotten an interview in months, that sort of thing. Stuff's in the hopper. Stuff's yep. in the hopper. I'm feeling great about it. I'm optimistic. Yep. So, uh, I think... Um, By the way, just a heads up, three minutes, 30 seconds left. Three minutes, 30 seconds to go. Very good. Right. Yeah, I Like I said, I'm in Loco Steve today. <laughs> What's Loco Steve mean? In place of. Oh, in place of. Okay. In place of. Latin I thought, term. I thought, it, oh, I thought you were speaking no. Spanish and said you were crazy, Steve, today. <laughs> no, Janine should recognize the term. It's in, in Loco Parentis. Yeah. In place of parents. Yes. Yeah. Um, okay, so what would Steve say then? <laughs> Steve right now is, uh, you know, just finished his time in Venice on the probably on the gondola, having homemade wines, and now is in Florence today, having a wonderful time. Yeah, so it's right in the evening now, and Florence is probably around six o'clock in Florence, and he's probably um, maybe walking out to dinner. The sun is low in the sky. Sounds like fun, doesn't it? Sounds wonderful. And yep. he's in, I he's just in love Italy. The art. The art. My husband and I said food. we can easily move there. I mean, 
we've been twice now and it's just, I just love it there. I just love the culture. I love the people. I love the um, architecture. It's amazing. The food must be the good. The food. Oh yes. Let's put that in there. Cause it's amazing. <laughs> and Gary, you know what I noticed when I was there, some people were eating dinner at 10 or 11 o'clock at night and they're, their portions were much, much smaller than ours. Ah, they were like, there's, like there we go. <laughs> much smaller. And guess what? Everyone's walking. They're Everyone's walking, walking all over the city. Yep. Can I be honest? I got shin splints my first day in Rome. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> I did because I walked like I've never walked before. Yeah. You know, you look at New Yorkers, they tend to be pretty lean because they are walking everywhere. Well, it's That's true. true. Yep. Well, you know, we talked about that a couple of weeks back, um, Michael, when I worked in Manhattan. I mean, I, com I commuted from New Jersey, went through the Port Authority, and I walked everywhere. You know, oh. very seldom did you hop a cab or go on the Crosstown buses. It was mostly yeah. like change your shoes and get to where you're going, and I'd walk uptown. It was and awesome. even if you take a subway, you're walking down the stairs or up the stairs. You know, That's true. There's a lot That's of walking true. there, too. Right. And, and, then, you, and, it, and it never puts you exactly where you're supposed to be anyway, right. so you have to walk. Yeah. So walk. my older sister went in to see the show, The Chew, and then went to a play with um, some friends this week. And um, her one friend looked it up like um, she was tracking. And just that part in the city, just in the city, they walked 15,000 steps. Yeah. And that's super easy to do. Easy. Oh. And I'm, I try to walk 10,000 steps a day, but it takes forever to do it here. It's hard to do that. It's like 7,000 is a good day for me. But if I'm traveling, 10,000 is super easy. Exactly. No, we New Yorkers walk all the time and everywhere in 30 seconds. 30 seconds what? 30 you seconds know? left to the broadcast. Okay. So we will wrap it up here. Um, Janine, you have a wonderful trip next week. We will have Kim and Deborah Joe. I think, will join us next week. Steve will probably be out unless he finds a better internet connection. Michael will be here. I'll be here. And if anyone has any ideas for what to talk about next week, send them our way, and we will come to you with another question, another quote, and another fun hour. So until then, have a great uh, week, and we will see you then. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Teachings of Joshua Roundtable with Gary Temple Bodley. We will be back next week with another fun discussion. If you would like to ask Joshua a question or read more of Joshua's teachings, please visit us at theteachingsofjoshua.com. See you next week.